Bam. Tom Petty. Former Super Bowl performer. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome in from Hale Varsity, the magazine, HaleVarsity.com, Brandon Vogel. Good Wednesday morning, sir. How are uh, things in your world? No, oh, not too bad. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Uh, it's parade day for the uh, Chiefs. Uh, three to seven inches of snow is on the way. We're good. <laughs> yeah, it's a mixed bag. Right. Yeah, nice, nice laugh there. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's first start in the recruiting world with Dylan Raiola because I, I, we haven't gone a day without talking about him. And yesterday, Georgia uh, promotes Mike Bobo, so they go with the familiarity as Todd Monken moves on to the NFL, and it'll be Lamar Jackson that he'll have to deal with. But Kirby Smart basically is running Georgia's – he's the point man for Georgia's recruiting of Dylan Riola. We know how Nebraska's approached it. A lot of people are wondering when this is going to happen, where is he going to go, is it wide open, who's in the lead. There's all kinds of speculation. Do you think – and this is kind of a, a speculative question. Do you think that Dylan knows on the 15th of February, after he's been courted by Nebraska heavily in Nebraska 2.0, George and USC, do you think he knows where he wants to go? I think I would be surprised if he did um, at this point. <clears throat> you know, he's, he's had some time and, you know, with, with his family and connections there, like he's had the opportunity to, to turn over a lot of rocks in terms of making the best decision possible. But I think reopening things, you know, after the Ohio State commitment, he'd obviously got to Georgia really early. Um, USC is a little bit, USC is different now with, with Lincoln Riley in place. So I'm guessing he has an idea. I know he's got business planned for the spring. Um, but I'd be surprised if it, if it's a done deal at this point for him personally. Well, and Brandon, we're, you know, we hear as Sharpie's always talked about the roller coaster of this recruitment and we're all along for the ride. Lately, it seems like there, again, is some momentum for people to believe that Nebraska, you know, that maybe the decision could go their way. So beyond the family connection with Dylan Riola, what would you say makes the most sense on just why Dylan Riola would significantly consider Nebraska? Yeah, I think it has to be probably two things at or near the top. Um, you've got to have a connection with, with a new group of coaches and, you know, Lincoln Riley's um, track record speaks for itself. Mm. Georgia, collectively, its track record currently speaks for itself. Nebraska, you got to read between the lines. you got to do a little yeah. bit of forecasting and, and have some belief in not just what it can be, but also, you know, what role you want to play in, in trying to get Nebraska back. And, and for some, you know, some kids that, that might have some appeal. For, for others, it might not. Um, and, you know, Dylan would come in from – the family he comes from, I could see him finding some appeal and, hey, I can go and help build something again, rebuild something, I guess, for lack of a better term. You know, that said, <laughs> uh, stepping into Georgia probably isn't a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Brandon Vogel joining us here on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Uh, this is a discussion between all of us that, you know, probably could use a, a, an offseason conditioning program in the weight room at Nebraska. Um, but Corey Campbell is the latest to undertake strength and conditioning. As you've covered this program, how long of a leash or how long before we make a judgment on a strength and conditioning coach do you think? How long do they how long does a Corey Campbell get before we go, man, I can see a, an improvement or oh, what are they doing down there? Yeah, uh 
probably needs might get more time than the head coach actually probably needs mm-hmm. until the end of the that second season I would say so you know you get you get this off season to kind of set the standard and, and you hope you you make some gains Matt Rule on signing day said he's already seen some um, which you know of, of course uh, but then you go through that second cycle with a group of guys who are used to it I think that's the point like if you don't start to, to I mean, you hope you see some positive change. I think with strength and conditioning, it frequently becomes like, well, where's where are the negatives that that are apparent yeah. to the, the the average fan? And if you notice those, it's probably an indication that maybe something's a little off or or lost in the messaging. But yeah, I would go to the end of year two uh, before I started to jump in on, hey, is strength strength training doing what it needs to do at Nebraska? Let me, and, and you and I have talked about this, and, and there's always, whenever Athlon comes out in the middle of the summer, you get the anonymous coach that says, boy, mm-hmm. Nebraska coming off the bus looks great. Yeah, bust him. And then on the field, it's not necessarily, man, the talent, it's it what happens during the course of the game. What's your reaction? Because I found this fascinating in, in, in Corey Campbell's discussion with Jessica on the Husker uh, Radio Network. Is there training for the Big Ten? When you hear that, what pops into your head? Uh, be be ready for for close games. I mean, and even that feels a little bit nebulous to agree because you know how do you totally train for that? But I think I think that's it. Um, in my mind, when I think about what defined Big Ten Big Ten football is, you don't have unless you're in Ohio State. Um, you know, most teams, particularly in the West, aren't just running the opponent out of the building. You're often in a three and a half, four quarter game most of the time, uh, and and you got to be prepared for that. And you know, we saw with Nebraska over this previous era, often got hit in the mouth right away. Uh, was was really good in responding to that for the most part. They climbed back into most games, but you always had to worry about. I think not just the physical energy expended to do that, but the mm-hmm. mental energy. And I think that's what we saw a lot with Nebraska is, you know, climbing out of a hole is, is hard um, and trying to avoid that. And maybe if you can do that in advance by just saying, you know, these games are going to be close. Let's keep them close. Cause that's where we want them uh, might, might help. Brandon, we were talking about this yesterday with Sam. Is he kind of brought up the the roster size and you know getting that thing maybe whittled down just a bit? And I remember a couple of years back when Scott Frost was talking with the media and he had mentioned you know the the number that they had, the number that they wanted to get to. And I always kind of raised my eyebrows about that, thinking, okay, I understand the importance of the walk on program and what it meant, especially what it meant to when Scott was playing. But in the effort to to get the most out of the the walk-ons that you have, there, there's got to be something to be said about maximizing reps, and you get to a certain number, you're unable to do that. I mean, do you kind of see with what Matt Rule has talked about in kind of limiting that roster size, bringing that down? I know there's some Title IX implications as well, that this could actually probably stands to benefit this this roster in the long term? Yeah, I think so. I think there's – at Nebraska specifically, I think there's probably got got to be a balance between, you know, we all have seen firsthand the, the benefits of a really extensive walk-on program. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you look back at Nebraska just in the Big Ten era and think about some of those walk-ons who played major, major roles, and you kind of shudder to think where they'd be without it. 
Uh, that said, you've got to be able to manage it. You know, if you're going to be up around 150, um, you got to be able to manage it. You got to be able to make sure everyone's getting the maximal opportunity right. to improve. And, you know, when, when I look at that, I, I also worry there can be a little bit of a kind of paralysis of choice there. Um, so maybe 130, I think, you know, somewhere in that range mm-hmm. would put Nebraska still probably maybe one of, if not the biggest roster in the Big Ten at that point. But, you, you know, you're, you're cutting off a, a, a chunk there that just makes it a little easier to manage. Yeah. Brandon Vogel joining us. I want to go back. Uh, I'm going to dig deep here with you a little bit as because I, I, I really agree with what you're talking about with Corey Campbell and, and the Big Ten, but the mental part of it. And I, I heard a motivational speaker the other day. It might have been on my TikTok. But he was talking about he was talking about someone that loses their job. Stay down there a little bit longer. Figure out the why you lost your job. And then get back up. And I listened to Matt Rule, and he knows what he's inheriting. Because I don't think, in his mind, he's not inheriting a 4-8 and eight football team. I think he's looking at this differently. But how important do you think it is that before... He gets on the field with these guys in April or when they get to camp that him and his staff understand why this program hasn't won, why they were four and eight last year. I, I think it's really important. And, you know, um, staying down, maybe <laughs> wallowing in it or, or it, at least really honestly exploring like, hey, why did so many of these games kind of end up the same way? It is valuable. And, you know, this is this is a credit to Scott Frost, in my mind, coming in. You know, that 2017 UFC, UFC season was such a big deal. And it almost, you know, it, he, was, he was treated as kind of the savior of Nebraska football. I certainly, you know, thought of it that way. And when you look at how Nebraska went in 2017, really the, the Riley era, all three seasons, I, I think there was a, a notion that, you know, this guy has the answers. He's going to come in and wave his magic bond and we're just yeah. going to be good again. I don't get that. Sense. And I'm not saying that, you know, a lot of that was put on Scott Frost. Um, I don't get that sense with, with Matt rule. The most striking thing to me with this staff is I, I get no sense that, you know, Nebraska football comes with a lot of advantages, but it can get pretty heavy too. If you're like, hey, this is Nebraska and it's supposed to be this, I don't get a sense that they're carrying around that weight right now. Maybe it'll come, but it hasn't in my mind yet. Yeah, it's it's actually an interesting thought, especially when Frost got there. I, I just I always felt like there were this feeling of, well, yeah, these guys completely missed the boat. They they did this so so many things they did wrong that we won't do. And you know, I I think about what we feel the staff is at least doing right from what we can tell in the short period of time, Brandon. And I I still go back to recruiting and and not even necessarily talking about the fact that they are in the mix for Dylan Riola, but the way that they have kind of addressed how they want to establish themselves on the recruiting trail. Uh, I mean, is, is that, you know, first and foremost, the one thing that kind of stands out to you. And, And if you're thinking about what they've shown in the short time of recruiting, what has kind of maybe stood out that's been different in your opinion uh, compared to the previous staffs? Um, I mean, in, in terms of, I mean, they're, they're really all in and not afraid to talk about <laughs> their, their willingness to, to kind of look at guys based on certain measurables um, that, that maybe haven't played a ton of football. 
And, yeah. and I, I, I think that's the thing that jumps out to me in terms of the recruiting pro- approach is not just talking about doing this. You know, a lot of people are going to have some interest in a, in a kid who maybe just picked up football going into his senior year, but also runs, you know, a, a 10, 10 to 100. Um, that said, you've got to have extreme confidence in your ability to, to take that person, mm-hmm. uh, have, you know, you have the time to, to kind of work with them, but also have the ability to get them where they need to be and can contribute to the football team. Um, so I think that definitely stands out to me. There's just, um, you know, I said, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're carrying around the weight. It also seems like they're just really, really confident in how they've gone about things based on their first two, first two tenures. Yeah, it also, you know, it seems like the whole staff, like, fits together. It, it makes sense. You know, Scott's original staff, the one guy that kind of did make sense, but then you find out it didn't, was Troy Walters because yeah. they weren't going to bring him because he was going to get a head coaching job, and then he didn't, and they didn't want to leave him unemployed, so he ends up here, and we saw how kind of rocky that is. I think in the first go-around, like, all the moves with the familiarity from a Corey Campbell to a Garrett McGuire – they all kind of make sense how they mesh together, which I think is also like that intangible that we don't know how to benefit them in a game in the middle of October when they're stressed a little bit. Yeah, I thought I thought Rule was great on that uh, during his signing day press conference. You know, he said something along the lines that you know we've got fourteen guys that that played for me at previous stops, and I think the way he put it was, you know, these guys these guys need to explain to the players sometimes what's wrong with that rule. Um, which just means, you know, it, as he gets older, as he becomes a more experienced coach, uh, communication kind of modes change. Uh, and, and having that familiarity uh, allows some things to maybe not be lost in translation that otherwise would be. Yeah, great stuff. Brandon, we appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. You too, guys. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Brandon Vogel from uh, Hale Varsity. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Brandon L. Uh, Vogel. That'll do it for the show. The crossover is uh, next. The big news, Cocaine Bear Watch Party next Thursday night. With the 1620 The Zone guys, we'll have tickets to give away beginning on Monday. We're going out to Elkhorn. We are taking over Elkhorn. USC will be out there broadcasting live. Maybe we'll give away a bear. Can't give away cocaine. No cocaine. No, maybe not, some, may, not legal in Nebraska. Maybe yet. some powdered creamer if you need the, the prop. You know what? Maybe they'll – why can't we have outside the theater a live bear? <laughs> why can't we outside the theater have cocaine? Who, who would we, I see to suggest that? Well, I know. I mean, look or? where it's at. It's kind of in a remote area. Yeah. It could be. Uh, are there any bears that are roaming around that part sighting. of Elkhorn? Do we have a bear sighting? We need to Elkhorn chime in. Any bear sightings? Jimmy, really? for tomorrow's show, Google where we can rent a bear. Okay. <laughs> Make a phone call. This reminds me of semi-pro. There's got to be some, like, circus that's been <laughs> shut yeah. down, right? I mean, I've got to find Dewey the bear. I looked into renting a camel for a college party once, so <laughs> I wouldn't be... <laughs> I mean, I called up the zoo not too long ago, like years. I don't think they want any part of this uh, movie. No, but I said, hey, can I borrow a penguin? No. Oh, what was their reaction? Right up my alley. Well, then they said, hey, do you want to sponsor a penguin? And I was like, talk, oh, yeah. talk to me, Goose. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For all of our great guests, great baseball discussion. Uh, thanks, by the way, yesterday, Coach Service, Coach Porter, Coach Harvell. Uh, today, Evan and uh, Lance, you can hear that on the radio replay page. Scott Shanley, Brandon Vogel, and everything else. Good Wednesday show, everybody where Nebraska has more quad one wins than Kentucky and North Carolina combined. Woo! How about that, my that man? That's exciting. And palms up, guy. Great ba- great basketball fan David just sent me the gift from last night of Tomonaga is palms down guy now. He's palms down? He's palms down guy. He's okay. calming everybody down. Calming it down? 
on the road. Crossover's next. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6.